Welcome back. I don't even know what episode we're on. Maybe four or five. I don't really know. But thank you guys for joining in. Um, it's been really fun doing these. If you want to connect with me, which I really hope that you will, you can find me on any social media platform at Christina Smith McCulley. Um, Christina Smith McCulley on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Send me a message. Let me know how you're enjoying these podcasts. The number one thing that you know you could do for me is to just let me know if you're enjoying it. You could leave a review on Apple. I don't think you can on Spotify, but you could also just message me, tag me in your stories, whatever. I just really appreciate the feedback. It really does motivate me and um, just give me a little happy boost when you do that. So we're going to jump into today's episode on a good, good father. It is Father's Day today, but we're not going to like go all into Father's Day, but we're going to talk about a good, good father. So stay tuned. Woo-hoo! Well, hi, y'all. Welcome to Closet Confessions with Christina's podcast, where we're going to talk about the hilarious, not-so-funny truths about the Christian walk. Some people are called to speak on stages, but the Lord has called me to share my heart from my closet. Hey, I'm Christina, mom of three, married to my high school sweetheart, multi-passionate entrepreneur who has struggled with insecurities, self-worth, depression, and all that fun stuff the world has to offer. But God... He continues to remind me he is not intimidated by my mess. And when I spend time with him, he reminds me who I am and whose I am. So if you're ready to laugh and you believe Chick-fil-A is the Lord's chicken, then come on into my closet so we can talk through this crazy life together. So today my plan was to do a different podcast. In fact, I recorded this podcast um, couple weeks ago and the audio was off so I re-recorded a different one and I still have the one that I haven't done yet in my notes and that was my plan for today but as I was setting up and getting ready I just really felt led by the Holy Spirit to do one more this way not because it's Father's Day but I guess because it's Father's Day I don't know you have to take it up with the Holy Spirit if you don't enjoy it or like it but (laughs) so let's talk about what a uh, the perfect father would be, okay, humanly formed. Like, if I had to imagine a perfect father, then, you know, I would imagine somebody that uh, is always there, that um, supports and loves and protects, that um, just, you know, disciplines, but also listens to children, their children, um, plays with, you know, that whole picture perfect thing like that we might see on like Instagram or a movie or social media. But the reality is, is that, you know, there's a lot of earthly fathers that aren't like that. Um, you know, there's, there's people that are very negative to their children that are very hard, that are very, um, easily angered that discipline over any and everything like just um reject I guess another word would be rejection and you know I think that that picture sometimes is how we view our heavenly father at least I know I have I know that because I have a people-pleasing personality a personality that almost works for things more than just accepts them. Um, A personality that 
thinks if I don't do this right or this right or this right, I'm not loved, or that takes things personally as far as like, maybe they didn't mean it as rejection, but I take it as rejection. You know, I think sometimes we can view God like that. I know I have. And it's really been um, kind of a study and in my quiet time that I've really tried to view him as the perfect father would be because I, I really believe that was the intention when he created us that we were his children and that he is that perfect father that father that loves unconditionally no matter what that father that wants us to come to him when we have issues or a problem or have even messed up I know for me that I have messed up before and I have not come to God with it in fact I've just put up a wall thinking he was mad at me and you know spent months without actually talking to him about it now the thing is is that he already knows I mean he sees everything he knows everything so he already knows whenever I've messed up he already knows whenever I'm living in shame or fear or doubt or whatever it may be um he knows that kind of stuff and I have really been practicing imagining him being that father that I just crawl up in his lap and sit in his lap and talk to him the one that loves me unconditionally regardless that doesn't kick me out of his family because I messed up or that doesn't reject me when I come to him that doesn't um, put other things first you know it's really easy as humans for us to put other things first I'm not just talking about the father side of it like it's just easy to put things before our children and I don't believe God does that. I believe that He that we are His number one priority, His number one focus. I mean, that's what He created us for, a relationship with Him. You know? He is that Father that protects us when we're hurt, that He, you know, um, disciplines us when we need to because of it being for the better good. You know, whenever we're disciplined by a loving person, it's because we're worried about it. we don't want them to do it again we don't want them to you know I always try to think about how I view my kids and then God viewing me like a million times more love or something but you know I want my kids to come to me I want my kids to know that I'm here for them I'm not going to turn my back on them no matter what I'm not going to turn my back on them I'm going to still love them and accept them and that you know that's not true for every relationship on earth it's just not we're flawed we're human, we mess up, we hold grudges, we remember things, hold things over each other's heads. You know, God doesn't do that. That I mean, that right there is like amazing to me. Hebrews 8.12 says, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Psalms 103, starting in 8, says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Well, let's just keep going. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. Thank you God that you understand he remembers that we are dust I mean it's just you know it's just not an earthly relationship because how many times do people I mean even parents hold things over your head I mean you know I don't want to sound at all like I am bashing parents because that's not what this 
podcast is about. I'm just trying to kind of, you know, line it up on the difference in what some parents are versus our Heavenly Father. And, you know, me and a friend were talking the other day. We were talking about how um, she was on this uh, soccer team and the father was the coach and he was so hard on his kid. And I was and like, even when they did something right, he still didn't praise them. And I was thinking, oh, you know, that kid's going to grow up and hopefully not, but probably and possibly view the Heavenly Father like that. And he's not like that. He's he loves us unconditionally. He loves us wholly and completely and compassionately and mercifully and graciously. He, he loves us in a way that we just cannot fathom. And that's why I try to remind myself, climb up in his lap. Like I, I honestly picture myself climbing in his lap and talking to him like I would anybody else. I picture myself able to come to him and him not shunning me away or or icing me out you know him not rejecting me and telling me well that's it that's enough you've messed up enough now that's we're done the bible says he's slow to anger that is really not a human (laughs) quality (laughs) i mean that's uh thank you thank you god that you are slow to anger that he waits on us he waits on us to come home you know, the story of the prodigal son, whenever he went, had all this inheritance and like threw it all away and then decided, well, I mean, I could live like the pigs with my father. Why don't I just go home? And the thought, uh, and the, la, 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 the father threw a party for him, a party. Now the brother was jealous. I mean, how many times, I mean, that's, I know that's a human term right there because we do get jealous. I've been dealing with jealousy this week. I've had to really check myself and check my heart, but you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you've done. God says, come home. He says, come home. And I think that because we do view him like we view humans, we think, well, we've done messed up. I might as well just stay away. I might as well just not even try. But that's not how it is with God. He wants us to come home and talk to him. He wants us to climb up in his lap and tell him our problems and talk to him like we would any other human. Like he's a better therapist than any therapist I could pay. And I mean, like, I love me some therapy. So he is the number one therapist that I can come to and talk to about anything. The Bible says in Ephesians, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. That's Ephesians 1 5. Like, he, he, that's what he wanted. That was his original will, is that we would be his sons and daughters. That's why he sent Jesus, so that we could be, because that was what Adam and Eve was to him. And when they, you know, ate of the fruit, it broke that relationship. And so Jesus came to give it back to us. You know, that adoption word is very, I mean, it's it's very powerful, because no matter what kind of family you have on earth, God wants to adopt you into his, no matter what, like, when I gave my life to Jesus, I really had this kind of like a revelation, like I love my mom and dad, but now I'm a part of a different family, you know, like a spiritual family. So that's my humanly family. This is my spiritual family, just like you have a family family and then you have a family you marry into or whatever. Or if you're adopted, you have a family you're adopted into. and Maybe you have your biological family, but now you're adopted in this family. And that's how God that's what God's will was for us, that we would be adopted. Now, not everybody chooses that. 
or allows that adoption, I guess. Because the Bible says that we do have to get to God through Jesus. So we have to accept what Jesus did as full payment for that adoption. Okay, like, I think adoptions are can be very expensive. I had a friend of mine that was waiting. She wanted to adopt a daughter. They had already prayed for her, prayed for her by name, didn't know anything about her. But it was very, very expensive to go that route. So they went a different route through, like, a Baptist adoption. And I can remember waiting on that day. I remember praying with her for it because she just had this vision that God gave her that she would have a daughter. And when they got the phone call... Um, the baby was actually dropped off at a fire station and they got the phone call that said we have a newborn you meet us at the hospital and they went they went straight to the hospital the baby was only three hours old Um, the dad just said that you know the biological father just said they couldn't raise it and I think that that is a, a law that like police stations and fire stations can't ask any questions you know and what if that biological mother and father decided that it was easier not to do that. You know, my friend has had her daughter now for four years, and they love her like, I mean, it's no different. You know, it just um, is a love like any other, you know, your children's love. I can remember being pregnant with my first child, and I had friends that had a baby. He was like two, and I was obsessed with him. I mean, he was our neighbor, and we were friends all throughout school so then we build a house next to them and oh man I loved him oh I loved him I would beg her let's wake him up please and she's like no you ain't waking him up and I get him drum sets for Christmas she was like I'm gonna get you back for this one day but (laughs) I think she I don't know if she did I think she got like a harmonica for my daughter or something like back later but um oh I loved him and I can remember going to eat the weekend before I was set to be induced and her you know, kind of joking, and she wasn't meaning anything, because now that I say this out loud, it kind of sounds like, oh my gosh, why would somebody say that? But she was kind of joking. She was like, you better love on Nini. That's what he called You love on Nini all you can, because after this weekend, it's going to be different. And I was like, no. And it almost gave me fear, because I was like, how could I love my child more than I love this child? You know, that's not even mine. And um, it kind of made me a little nervous. But then when my daughter was born, oh my goodness, it was, you know, you know, you just can't, understand it and you can't grasp it I did I did deal with some postpartum depression and that was very hard because I felt so close to her in my tummy and I felt so close to her when she come out and then the postpartum depression hit and I'm like I didn't feel as close but you know that's a chemical imbalance that's hormones and if you ever deal with that then I really highly suggest definitely going and talking to your doctor about it because it's not it's just um imbalance in hormones it's not you you know, and I can remember somebody telling me later that I thought it was just because you were young, and I thought I would never. Like, what is she talking about? Because, I mean, I'm very open, you know, and um, obviously. <laughs> and so she was like, I don't, didn't understand how you could, you know, feel that way and think that way. And then when she dealt with personal depression, she understood that it's not an age thing. It's not a, it's not an anything thing. It's a chemical imbalance thing. So if you deal with that, please don't have any shame. Go Go talk to a doctor because I had to. And so... Anyways, I like to get off subject apparently. So as I'm going through some verses about God being a father to us, and listen, if you need to Google verses, I had somebody the other day ask me, what's some verses on sickness? Um, Well, I'm going to go to Google. That's where I'm going to go. So, you know, I was trying to teach her, like, use Google. Use Google. So I Googled 
verses about God as a father. And, you know, it says you're no longer strangers or aliens, but now you're fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. See, when we're born, we're born earthly. So we're born as strangers and alien to the kingdom. It would be like me trying to go to another country. I'm not a citizen of that country. But God adopts us through his son, Jesus Christ, into his family, into his country, into his citizenship. We're no longer strangers and aliens. Now, you know, I'm a stranger to the world. I, um, the world's not my home. It's not going to be my forever home, thankfully, because it's crazy here. <laughs> but uh, another verse would be, um, you know, and of course, everybody uses this one before I formed you in the womb. I knew you before you were born. I appointed you the prophet of the nations, Jeremiah 1 5. So, you know, before he even knew us, he already had an idea of me. And isn't that true with like earthly, like we think about what our kids are going to be like. We kind of imagine it. He knew though. He knew. I mean, how powerful is that? Um, I mean, there's so many I could read to you that, you know, and if you struggle with, listen, if you struggle with seeing God as a caring, loving, forgiving, merciful, compassionate, understanding father, Google verses and read over them and ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask him for that's what he is there for. He is there to give us revelation. And when Jesus left, he said, it's better that I leave. Like, it's better that we have the Holy Spirit because when Jesus was on earth, he could only be so many places at one time, right? I mean, if he was in my hometown, he couldn't be in your hometown unless you're in my hometown too. But when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit so that everyone has a chance to have that comforter and that guider and that helper that helps us to understand things that we read or to, you know, I'm always asking the Holy Spirit, please help me forgive that person. Like I say, I forgive them and I, I have forgiven, I think, but then when I see their name pop up or hear something about them, then maybe I haven't. And so that's when I turn right to the Holy Spirit because I can't do it on my own. The flesh is not a friend of God's. You know, we were born apart from him. We were born enemies. We were born into slavery, slavery of self, slavery of the enemy, slavery of this world. So whenever he adopted us, when he paid that price, that big, 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 huge price with blood, not with money, with blood, like more important than money, then we became his and we're not a slave anymore to ourself or to sin. Now we are a member of God's kingdom. We're a member of his family. Talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about that they were a young married couple, and she was pregnant, and um, I was telling her, I was like, when you see how he loves your child, like it is, it's just makes you love them more because you know i mean let's just be honest humans can get on our nerves but when i think about the way that my husband loves my kids our kids his kids you know comforting them and helping them and teaching them and guiding them and loving them and i think about how god does all that for us you know he guides us and he teaches us and he loves us and he helps us and he comforts us whenever we're hurting or or hurt ourselves and and the thing about God is even when we get ourselves into a mess he's still there like when we when I do it myself when I walk in disobedience or you know go my own way 
I mean, I'll probably say this in every single podcast because it is so good, but, you know, the definition of sin is it has an eye in the middle of it. It's a me-focused thing, and and God wants us to be focused on Him and relying on Him. And that's another thing that's gotten me in trouble is when I haven't stopped and asked the Holy Spirit, when I haven't leaned on Him, when I thought I could do it myself, when I thought I could do it my own way, when I thought that I was strong enough as a human to do this or do that or not do this or not do that and hadn't relied on the Holy Spirit, it's gotten me in trouble. Even this um, article by First 15, I think it's like a, it's first15.org and it's um, devotional. And it was talking about seeing God correctly is essential to centering your life around him and being in his presence. Many of us have a tainted view of our earthly father, but today God wants you to renew your view in him as your perfectly heavenly father. And as we grow in understanding of God's perfect love and relation to us, then we'll center our life around his presence and that will come more naturally to us. Um, It also says that uh, to see God as our Father changes everything. And it really does. I mean, because if your own personal life is characterized by some rejection or insecurities or um, anger and all that, from an earthly father, then you'll you'll take that into your relationship with our heavenly father. And he wants us to have a childlike faith. Like that's a that's something that I really try to always take my brain back to. Childlike faith. Okay, so how does my child view me? How does my child view its father? Um, you know, children don't hold grudges and they don't hang around in that shame and guilt. Once you say, I forgive you they just go about their day. Like, I mean, they just keep going and they'll probably try you again, you know, <laughs> in the next minute. But how, how it seems too simple, really. You know, that, that can't be all that I'm supposed to do is to see God as a childlike faith. But really, if you think about a child, I mean, I know from, I know my children, they, they love to please me or they did you know when they were younger <laughs> I mean they're good but you know come on um they just I mean let's take my youngest I mean he loves to just hold my hand and hang out with me you know sometimes I think we think God we have to like have this routine or this regiment that we do and really he just loves for us to hang out with him just to be in his presence I mean, my child loves to draw things for me or talk to me or show me things he found. I mean, that's what I want to go to God with because that's a childlike faith, you know. Um, When you tell a child there's something, they kind of just accept it, good and bad. But but God says we're the apple of his eye, that we're, you know, that, that we're an heir of his kingdom, that we are loved beyond all that we can imagine like why can't I just believe that why can't I just accept that there's nothing that I can do or you can do to make God love you any more than he does right now at this very moment there's also nothing you can do or will do that'll make him love you less than he does right now he loves us because he is love that's what he is that is him he is love and he wants to be in a relationship with us. If he didn't, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. He would have just let us try to work to be around him. You know, he would have, we would have had to like go to the priest and have them go in and try to talk to him for us. But he didn't. He sent Jesus as a bridge so that we can come to him at any time, climb up in his lap, and just hang out and talk to him. 
That's what a good, good father is. That's what he is for us. I have to earn it or do anything or um, be perfect or have a routine. He just wants that relationship with us. And sometimes we have to earn love from humans. We have to prove ourselves. We have to be a certain way, good or bad, just to get attention. That's not the way it is with God. It's not that way. Before we end, I want to encourage you to do these three things. Okay, I always try to leave three little tips or tricks. They're not tips or tricks, but you know what I mean. Okay, so first, I want you to just jot down and journal. You know, a journal can be a 99-cent book from the dollar store. I have millions around my house. That's a lie. I shouldn't lie. Not millions, but a lot. And half of them are started, and then I'll get another one thinking that I'm going to be neater and write neater and all that. But, you know, it's for me and God, even if I can never read that handwriting at that point. God knew what I was saying, so, you know, because I'm going to get pretty messy. But jot down ways you've viewed God or how you view God right now. Do you view him as a heavenly father? Do you view him as somebody who's mad at you, that you have to earn his love, that you have to be perfect to have him accept you? Do you view him as somebody who um, is fed up with you, that just, you know, is done? Do you view him as someone who rejects what you've tried to do or like what you have done you know what I mean journal that down okay journal journal that just write some stuff write it out talk to him like you're or or, you know journal like you're talking to him or just journal like you're talking to yourself and the second thing is to ask him ask the Holy Spirit to help you view him in a different way to help you view him as the loving heavenly father that he is help you to understand it and see you how he sees you that's the thing that I that we're going to have on other podcasts because I still struggle with seeing him or him seeing me how he sees me I mean wait a minute hold on me seeing him how he sees me um how he loves me and created me to be and you know that's that's a whole nother podcast that we're going to get into but um ask the holy spirit to help you and the third thing is write down some verses google verses on god as a father and write them down write them down on sticky notes put them around where you can read them put them in your car put them on your rearview mirror don't don't cover it up where you can't see put them on your um, bathroom mirror put them beside your bed put them where you can read how he views you and how he is a loving heavenly father because once we grasp that, I think everything changes. You know, once we grasp how he really sees us. Because the problem is we have a lack of identity. Like, I know I do. Like, we have a different way of seeing ourselves than he sees us. And so we have to get that. You know, we have to, like, grasp that. So let's pray. And before I end... I just want to encourage you, if you think somebody else might enjoy this podcast, share it with them, send it to them. You can text it to them. Um, You can, you know, like I said, put on your story. But let me know also if it's helping you. That's really, like I said, like I just enjoy it. I don't need it because I'm going to do what God tells me to do anyways. But it's, I like it. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I enjoy hearing if they help you or not. So, any ways I think I just brought my glasses maybe I didn't okay so let's let's pray let me pray over you dear father thank you that we can call you father thank you that we can come to you as a forgiving and gentle and loving father 
thank you that you've adopted us into your family. And Lord, I just pray right now, if someone listening does not know you as a father, that they reach out to you. That right now they're burdened to want you as a father to become your child, to enter your kingdom through Jesus Christ, that they accept Jesus as their personal Savior, knowing that they cannot get to heaven without Jesus, knowing that they can't be good enough or do enough or say enough or act a certain way to enter your presence, but it's only by the blood of Jesus that we're able to enter your presence. If there's someone listening that does not know you as a father, I pray that right now that the Holy Spirit just comes upon them, they're convicted, that they want to know you. Thank you for that gentle tug that you give us. Thank you for that way you talk to us and lead us and love us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for adopting us. Thank you for wanting a relationship with us. Thank you most of all for just being there. No matter what, that any time that we walk away or any time that we get out of sync with you or that we just go our own way, that we are able to come back to you at any point, any time. That you accept us, you accept us the way we are. You love us too much to let us stay that way in our own filth and yuck and squandering with the pigs. Thank you that you want better for us, that you want us to have that peace that passes all understanding, that you want us to have that relationship with you that we can't get from any earthly person. But it's a special earth, it's a special heavenly relationship that just our minds don't understand, but our hearts accept Thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen.